like I said, talk about a church in Philadelphia. Uh, this church is a very good church in the Bible. This is a church that you can do some research on um, and find out uh, what things they were doing that were right, you know, how they worshiped, how they ministered, I mean, how they sought after God, because uh, Jesus is very proud of this church, and he sees this church very highly. So if we can be like the church in Philadelphia uh, here in Revelation, uh, we're doing something right, and Jesus will be proud of us as well. So I'm going to read it off to you guys, and then we're going to dive into a little bit in Revelation 3, where this passage lies. We're also going to talk about Matthew chapter 6 and investments, because it makes a little more sense, I think, of what we're going through today. So, starting verse 7, it says, And the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and you have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan you say they are Jews and are not, but why? Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, to know that I have loved you, because you have kept my command to preserve. I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I write on him the name of my God, the name of my city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, as this passage begins, um, God talks about, you know, the great things they've done. He's proud of their works. He's proud of the way they've carried themselves. They've kept God's command. Uh, they seem to be uh, opposed to the world and how they're living and they're living the right way. And so he even goes a step further here. Jesus says, those that aren't living for me, those that are living in the world, those that are doing things they shouldn't do, will eventually fall down before you and you'll be exalted when the day of tribulation, the day of trial comes. You'll be standing there with crowns and rewarded when they'll be cast away. So, again, Church of Philadelphia is like a premier church uh, because you don't have any negative feedback in this passage. All of it's very positive. All of it's very encouraging. However, he does tell the church of Philadelphia uh, an important point here that this is what we're going to focus on to kind of take away from this passage. He says, Behold, in verse 11, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. So he tells the church in Philadelphia, you guys are doing great, but keep it up and make sure you don't just get lazy and say, okay, well, hey, we're doing great. Jesus loves us. God loves us. We're doing a good job. Now you just quit. He's saying that because you guys are doing good, make sure you take what you guys are doing and continue it on. And also, you can take it a step further and say, now invest this into others. See, I think one of the problems that sometimes we can get into as a church, I don't, I'm not saying Philadelphia did this, but some of the problems we get into in American church today is when we're doing the right things, we're living for God, you know, we have a great relationship with Him, the Spirit's alive in us, we're like, hey, this is great, you know, I have, I'm close with God, things are going well, you 
know, good for me, and then we never share it with other people. And the reality is, once you have this closeness with God, once you are living the right way, you're doing things for Him, you're following His commands, the next biggest thing is, how, how do I invest that into somebody else? Because think about like a parent, you know, like raising your child, or raising your children, you know, if you die, hopefully you would die before your kid does, um, because of, of age and things. Um, but you would hope that once you die, your kid would continue on kind of what you taught them and your legacy. And so all throughout their life, until they move out, even after they move out in some ways, you're invested into them daily, you know, whether it's good or bad. And once they go off on their own, the things you've invested into them, hopefully they're going to stick. And so if you invest in them for the gospel, and you invest in Christ today, the investments you're making daily, because whether you believe it or not, each and every day, you're making investments in the people, whether you want to or not. Because when you walk down to school, when you walk into church here, um, when you go to home, uh, when you go out in public to the restaurant and talk to the waiter or the waitress, the way you interact with people and, and, and the information that you share with people, you either point them to God or point them away from God. And you're making an investment in that person. And especially somebody like your friend at school that you see regularly, or your sister or your brother, somebody you're hanging out with on a regular basis or you're interacting with regularly, those are big investments in your life. And if you're not putting positive investments into those people, then you're wasting the opportunities God's put in front of you. I think about this, you know, there's a lot of people that invest in the stock market today, people invest in trading cards, people invest in memorabilia, people invest in coins, foreign exchange money, all kinds of stuff people invest in today. And the whole point of people investing in these things typically is to make a profit. You know, think about people uh, 10 years ago that invested in the Apple before Apple became a monster. You know, if you were to borrow, if you bought 2,000 shares of Apple 10 years ago, you would make a ton of profit today if you were to sell those same shares because Apple's price has just skyrocketed with all the technology they came out with. But, and so that would be considered a really good investment. You, you're smart, you invested wisely. However, there's other investments that, think about like people that invest in JCPenney. There's a lot of people that put a lot of money into JCPenney, and then JCPenney shut their doors and now the stock price is worth a penny, or sometimes it's not a penny. Um, but, um, Wait, so, that it's shut down, it wouldn't bankrupt. It's not all of them. Uh, not all of them, mm -hmm. a lot of them. But there's still a lot of JCPenney's out there that are still. That's true, there are a lot. It, it went bankrupt for, uh, I think, and then they shut down most of them and kind of rebalanced a little bit. It went down, I think, to about a penny uh, a few years ago. It may be back up a little bit now, but it definitely. What, you will buy it was, it was really cheap, yeah. It was like, it was, it was $6 dollars. Um, you might have a stock, like a stock. That's what I meant. Most of the time they have like millions and millions of stocks though, but yeah, you can buy a, a single share. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's a good example there. Um, so there's good investments and there's bad investments. And what I want you guys to think about today is the investments you're making in people eventually will either make an eternal impact or it will turn out worthless in the end. Because, like it says here in this Revelation passage, when you get to heaven and Jesus faces you face to face, the things you did for him and the investments you made in the people for his glory and his kingdom, you get rewarded for, for all eternity. And God exalts you and, and, and those rewards are going to far away anything here on earth. 
But if Jesus interacts with you and says, hey, Wyatt, or hey, Sarah, you know, that friend you, were, you had at school that you hung out with almost every single day, why did you not share about me? Why did you not, you know, lead them closer to me? Instead, you just share with them what the world would. You know, you said things you shouldn't have. You showed them things you shouldn't have. You really participated in things you shouldn't have. And now that person is living eternally separated from me. So all that time you spend with them really turned out to be a worthless investment because you wasted all your time because in the end, you didn't make an eternal impact in that person's life in a positive way. And so that's what we're going to talk about here is who do you invest in daily? The key to finding out who you invest in daily is who you spend the most time with and what your heart desires the most. So again, people at school, your family, your friends, those you're with on a regular basis are people that you're regularly investing into. These can be considered like your stocks, basically, in life. These are the stocks you've chosen. Um, and But the, the, the difference is you can make a di an impact on if those stocks grow or if those stocks tank out in the end, the way you, the way you pour into them. And for many people, they go to church, they read the Bible, they even do mission projects, but their heart is stuck somewhere else. They take all the wisdom they've learned in their life from the Bible and godly influences, and instead of investing those that knowledge into people, they consume their time with pointless things that don't matter in the end. So think about this. If you're the smartest person in the world, and you're like the church of Philadelphia, and you've lived your whole life pretty much learning God's will and learning how to love Him and to honor Him, and you're out there and you're following Him, you're not doing things real simple, but instead of sharing that information with others, you know, in your free time, you just go and play video games or you go and just scroll through social media or you binge watch Netflix and you, you don't, you, you kind of do in a sense pointless things that end up being worthless in the end. Then when you get to heaven one day, and in a sense, Jesus is going to say, well, you did a good job following me personally, but you didn't do the, the second part of being a Christian, which is sharing that with others. And because you didn't share this knowledge, in a sense, you kind of wasted it. You know, you had all this wisdom and knowledge and this, and this power, and instead of using it for good, you basically wasted it on video games, and you wasted it on, you know, um, social media and things that didn't really matter in the end. So I want us to reflect tonight on how we spend our time and who and what we spend it with. Because where we spend our time the most is the most thing we invest in. And it's not in people, and it's not in things that are going to bring God glory. It's not bad to play video games. It's not bad to play be on social media. It's not bad to binge watch shows every now and then. But if that's what you're doing for most of your life, and that's what your life is consumed around, then and you're not using that for God's glory. You're not finding ways to, 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 to preach the gospel or lead people to Christ through that. Then again, eventually that investment is going to be worthless. Because when you get to heaven one day, it's not going to matter. The only thing that's going to matter when you get to heaven is your relationship with God and then who else you led to Him. You know, who else did you share the gospel with? Who else did you pour out into? What kind of good investment did you make? Those, those are the ones called an eternal investment. That's the only thing that's going to matter in the end. And so, um, a lot of times, we can be consumed by social media, and we can be consumed by earthly passions rather than our heavenly calling. And the problem is, like it says here in Revelation, if you begin to get consumed with things of this world, then you, 
stop doing the things that God's calling you to do. And the thing is, when you're doing things like the church in Philadelphia, and you're, you're living for God, the devil may attack you harder than ever before. Why is that? Because the devil knows that you're doing something great, and he wants to put a stop to that as quick as possible. So if you're out there living for God and doing the things you should do, you may, you may find that all of a sudden I have more temptations in my life, or all of a sudden you know, there's different trials happening in my life that I didn't have before. You're know, like, why am I going through this? Why am I being tempted so much? It's because Satan knows you're, you, God's using you for a great purpose, and he wants to derail that as quick as possible. And the, the more and more you give into that, the more and more you turn away from doing things for God and just you know, kind of wasting your time or investing in things that don't really matter in the end, you're going to look back in a few years and say, wow, I'm actually not, you know, the church of Philadelphia anymore. I'm actually not really living for God. I'm not really doing the things I should do. Um, so I put it here, and I'll read this off to Matthew chapter 6. And Matthew chapter 6 says this here. Let me, let me read it off to you. This is the words of Jesus. And basically he is referencing this kind of idea to not get distracted by the things of this world when you're doing the right thing. Um, and so it starts in verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be awesome. Let me get a thing about that. Where your treasure is, your heart will be awesome. And things in this world, like it says in, in Matthew, are fading away. The world itself one day is not going to be here like it is now. Because in Revelation, when you get to, when we start going through more Revelation here, you're going to see there's a new heaven and a new earth. So all the things you see here, earthly-wise, material-wise, are going to fade away. Nothing here is going to eventually last for eternity, except your souls and what you do for Christ uh, and how you live your life here on earth. It really makes a difference. And so Jesus is saying that when you start living the right way, the devil's going to try to distract you with things of this world, things that look fun, things that may not necessarily be sinful like video games and social media and movies and activities and sports and clubs and boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, things that aren't necessarily bad. But if you get so distracted and so caught up in those things and that you begin to invest more into that than into Christ, your life will eventually turn away from Christ and you'll be consumed by the things of this world. And you'll start living for the things of this world than rather for God. And the devil's the master of deception. He's smart and he's cunning and he knows that if he can get you by involved in something that's going to drag you away from church or drag you away from reading your Bible and growing closer to God, doing things for Him, then He's going to push you into that as much as He can. And again, it's not necessarily bad to do sports and all these kind of things, but it's when you're doing those things, be cautious not to get so invested into that that you neglect to do the things that God is calling you to do. And, and you neglect to do uh, what's going to truly matter in the end. And so, I put here, <clears throat> your sports game, your job, you know, uh, handbooks, fish you call, movies you watch, eventually don't really mean anything when you face God uh, face to face one day. Those investments could be enjoyable and they might be good for a while, but eventually they end up worthless. So make sure 
Those are not the main investments you're making in life. And once you figure out who to invest in, I want you guys to think about a few areas to invest in today. One would be into your classmates. How do you invest into your classmates? What do you guys think? How do you eternally invest into your classmates? Because again, you're going to see them every day while you're at school, so you're going to make an investment one way or another into them. How do you make an eternal investment? Victoria? You know, someone's going through something at school, you can say, hey, I'll, I'll pray for you. Maybe you can pray for them right there in person. That, that's a big in, influence on them. What else do you guys think? How do you make an eternal impact and investment on those in your class? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> uh, another good example, guys, if you think about it, and let's real quick. Another good example would be um, if somebody is having a conversation and it's kind of perverted or they're saying things they really shouldn't say or they're cursing a lot, you know, maybe you jump into the conversation and, and direct it a different way. Maybe, maybe, maybe you guide that conversation somewhere else and avoid some of those topics. You don't partake in those kind of things. This is real easy when somebody's saying things they shouldn't and they're, you know, joking and they're cursing or saying something perverted. Everybody else is doing it. Just enjoying it along with them. When you join it along with them, again, you're getting sucked into the world, and you're going to be drawn far away from Christ. And again, in that case, your investment is worthless because you're not investing positively to them. You're just falling into the world like everybody else is. But when they start doing that, if you can direct the conversation somewhere else, somewhere to a better place, then it shows them that something's different about you, and eventually you can lead them to the reason behind that is because Christ is in my life. And you begin to start making that eternal investment. Um, also, inviting your pe people at school, invite them to a youth event, invite them to church. You know, things that are going on, talk about your church, talk about things going on, and, you know, invite them to events. A lot of people won't go to a regular Sunday school, but they may come to an event, like a fun event, and if they really enjoy the event and enjoy being around you guys and enjoy being around us, they may decide to come back to church. And then, again, that's making an internal impact on that person and investment. Another one will be this, investing spiritually in your church. There's a lot of Christians today in America that will only only do things for God when they want to. You know, maybe they feel like doing a mission project this year, so they'll go out and, you know, help the needy or help out in the soup kitchen. But when they don't feel like it, they're like, I'm going to go home and chill and, and play at Fox or do whatever. A true follower of Christ, somebody that God really loves and is making a true eternal investment in others in the community and in the church, is going to be regularly involved in the church. Not necessarily just going to church and just taking in, but they're also giving back. Think about that. A lot of people come to church as a take, take, take. You know, what can I get out of church? What can I come in here and get today? But instead of just viewing it like that, think about when you come to church, say, what can I give today? Who can I influence today? Who can I impact today? How can I help serve? How can I use my gifts and my abilities to serve the church? Whether it's in teaching, whether it's maybe cooking meals every now and then, whether it's caring for children, whether it's helping out in some DBS or something like that. Think about something you enjoy, something you're passionate about. How can I take that and serve the church in that way? Because if we're just coming to church to, to get, 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 
then we're not investing into the church like we should, and we're not and we're not really poured out as we're called to. You know, I also put here, don't be afraid to tell church leaders about a mission idea, maybe God will in your heart, or even, even another group that God would, you know, want you to, to, to do. You know, so if God lives in your heart to reach out to a certain group of people at Ricardo or at Lebanon, um, you know, go to a pastor, you know, go to me, go to somebody in the church and say, hey, I think, I think God laid this on my heart. How can you make this happen? And maybe that you have to lead up the charge, uh, or maybe that, um, you know, you have to find some people in the church to join alongside you. But typically the churches, like the church in Philadelphia, they'll be more than happy to help you fulfill that need and help you and encourage you to do what God's calling you to do, because that's what the church is here for. Uh, but the last one, what you got to think about is this. Are you investing spiritually into the lost world around you and those and those even around the world? So not just at school, not just those in this immediate area, but lost we interact with, you know, while you're out on, at the beach or while you're out on vacation. And here's what I mean by that. Do you act differently than what typical teenagers do like on spring break or on summer break? You know, are you out there partying and goofing off and you know doing stupid stuff and all that? Or do you do you live differently? And when people see you, they, they see a difference. You know, because again, if people know you're a Christian, or even they don't know you're a Christian, but they see you living differently, you know, that, that, that sticks with somebody. Like, why is that person not doing what the rest of the world is doing? And why do they have this joy and this love about them that I don't have? Because doing things in the world will never give you true joy and fulfillment. Like having the Holy Spirit inside of you will. So I want you guys to think about these questions as we close tonight. How many times have you shared the gospel with somebody in the last year? Think about the last year of your life. How many times have you shared the gospel? Whether it's with somebody at school, whether it's out again in the lost world, just as a complete stranger, or even somebody at church that's not a Christian. How many times have you shared the gospel? Um, if you want to know a really scary fact, out of, the, out of every 100 Christians, so out of every 100 Christians, only five actually share the gospel with another person. They did, they did surveys and stuff recently to find out the data. And out of all the Christians they've surveyed, I ended up breaking down to five out of every 100 Christians actually share their faith on a regular basis. So again, when you're looking at the church in Philadelphia, if you are a good Christian, and nobody's perfect, okay, so I'm not saying that, you're going to make mistakes, everybody is. But if you are actively trying to live the right way, but if you don't give back, then you're kind of wasting all that knowledge and all those gifts that God's given you because you're not using it to lead others to Him. You keep it to yourself. You have the greatest gift in the world in salvation. And there's a lot of people in the world today that need to be saved. And you have the answer. You know what's going to lead them to salvation. But if you don't share it with somebody, then you're wasting that investment opportunity. Because God puts people in your life that He wants you to invest into. And he puts different people in Victoria's lives than in my life sometimes. Sometimes it's the same people, but a lot of times it's different. Victoria's going to meet people that I would never meet in my life, 
And I, I've probably met people that Victoria will never meet in her life. But the fact is, God puts people in your life for a reason and for a purpose. Because you might have a gift and ability to reach that person, or someone else doesn't. They may trust you when they don't trust me. Or they may be more comfortable with you than they are with me, just naturally because we're built differently. And so, those investment opportunities in people, are you taking advantage of that, and are you investing them eternally? So you don't, you're, you're not the five out of a hundred, but maybe you could be the hundred out of a hundred. And start making a difference, start doing a revival. Think about that, if every Christian actually shared the gospel, like they learned to call to, the world would have vastly different. Because the reality is the world today speaks very loudly what they believe. And somebody that's like in the LGBTQ plus community or somebody that, you know, is supporting abortion, those people that are on these kind of ideas that are anti-biblical and that go against the Bible, if they believe really strongly in those ideas, most of the time they're very upfront about it. They, they, they post it everywhere. You know, they go to rallies, they go to parades, they, they advertise everywhere. I would say that probably 80 out of 100 of those people, you know, advertise what they believe in. But if Christians, only 5 out of 100 are doing that, then we're, not, we're, we're losing that battle. And it's not because, you know, we don't have a lot of Christians in the world today, uh, although we do need more. We have a lot of Christians, we just don't speak up. And we just don't share what we believe in. If every Christian started sharing what they believed in, standing up for the Bible and the truth, the world would look vastly different. And the world would begin to see Christ more and more. And maybe they would think differently about certain things. Because they would see God's love in you. They would see his joy and his peace. And they would realize living the Christian life, the way the Bible says, is actually the only life of fulfillment. And the way that they're living is never going to lead to that kind of fulfillment in their life. And so, as we close here tonight, Investments are happening every day for those you interact with, whether you want it to or not. So make sure you're making the eternal investments that God puts in your path. And don't miss those opportunities. Let me pray for the close. So I thank you so much for just showing us the revelation that we, we, we can please you, God. We can, we can do things that honor you and glorify you. And you were proud of the church in, in Philadelphia. And you can, you're proud of us when we do things for you. But I ask God that we don't just keep the knowledge for ourselves, and, the, and, and our relationship with you to ourselves we share with others. We're not the 5 out of 100, or the 95 out of 100, we're going out and God, we're actually sharing. Or, I'm sorry, we're the 5 out of 100, not the 95, and we start leading that change, that number starts to change to where, you know, it's 100 out of 100 people. If we start leading the charge uh, as the next generation is sharing the gospel, God, with those around you, not just keep it to ourselves, but investing to others and standing up for your faith and what we believe in, and doing it with love and with joy and with, joy and with truth, God. I ask you, God, and direct us everywhere we go in life, and that we glorify you and always say thank you, And then we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, let me pause the video.